Welcome to Psychedelicast. Hosted by Clinton Cayley, this show is an interview-based podcast focused on offering listeners in-depth information concerning plant medicines, entheogens, and all subjects tangential to psychedelia. Join us in prying open the third eye. Hello and welcome, friends, to another episode of Psychedelicast. I'm Clinton Cayley, the host of this podcast. We got some trippy stuff to talk about. Dude, we've got a fun guest today. Um, not overly psychedelic. Uh, in fact, it's kind of funny. Um, I came across this guy on Instagram, um, and he had a very, what I would call, psychedelic vibe. Um, hilarious dude, makes really funny videos. Some of you might know him, Mr. Rodney Norman. Um, if you don't know him, check him out on social media. He's a really funny dude. And uh, very uh, wise man as well, I would say. Um, he delivers kind of uh, philosophical ideas in a very comedic way. And uh, I thought he was a really interesting character, so I reached out to him. He agreed to come on the show. I just kind of took for granted and assumed that he would have uh, experience with psychedelics and be psychedelically inclined. However, that's not the case, and I was uh, unaware of that until we actually began the interview. Um, but, you know, I think we kind of st- we were able to keep the uh, conversation interesting and uh, talk about uh, things beyond the specifically psychedelic. I hope you guys enjoy this interview, um, and I think you'll definitely enjoy Rodney's comedy. Before we get into the interview, let's do a little bit of chores. Let's see, what should we talk about first? Let's talk about Patreon, www.patreon.com slash psychedelicast. I'm going to be recording a no-trip sitter right after this one, right after I record this episode, and releasing it for my Patreon members only. The no trip sitters generally entail my writings, my personal life, some of my psychedelic experiences, things of that nature. It's a little bit more intimate and personal, and it's only released for Patreon members. If you want to join our Patreon, there's only one tier. Um, That tier being a $3 um, enter the void tier. Um, For $3 a month, you're going to get a few extra episodes. I haven't been creating as much content because, honestly, it's a lot of work to create this content. If you make a podcast, then you know that. Or if you produce anything, you understand that uh, audio engineering, interviewing, writing, uh, creating the episodes, promoing on social media, all that stuff takes a lot of time. Um, but it is uh, something I enjoy doing. Sometimes it's just a job, dude. It's like just another job. Uh, with all that being said, join us on patreon.com. Get some extra content you can get to know me a little bit better. You can know, get to know some of our psychedelic cast psychonauts a little bit better. Three bucks a month helps support the show. Uh, if you can't afford three bucks a month, I know times are tough right now. That's economically difficult for everyone. Um, why don't you just uh, subscribe to the show on all your podcatchers of choice? Um, you know, go to Spotify, go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, uh, all those places, and subscribe to the show. Uh, Leave us a review, drop us a few stars, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like. It really helps the show become more visible. Um, And you can also follow us on our social media accounts, uh, at Psychedelicast on Facebook. We're on Instagram, at PsychedelicastPod. My initial uh, Psychedelicast Instagram was arbitrarily removed from the internet. I have never received a response from Instagram um, after reaching out to them several times. So... 
I don't think that account's ever going to be recovered. We had 2.7 thousand followers there. We now have 250. Um, so it sucks to build an account up like that and just see it demolished, like just to wake up one morning and it be gone. Because it took me a long time to build that, years, just to build that meager following. So follow us there. We're also on Twitter at Psychedelicast with two T's at the end. Um, share the show with your friends and family, those in the community. Um, I really appreciate that. It helps, uh, it helps the show reach more people. Uh, with that being said, I apologize to you guys for not dropping an episode last week. I was, uh, let's see, from the 13th to the 22nd of April, I was in Mexico City um, with Edis. And I know that I told you guys on the last one that we were finished, our relationship was over, but we decided to go through with our Mexico trip and give it one last time, one last chance. Or, you know, trying to make it work, dude. This relationship is difficult. Um, and even more so tonight. Uh, it's been a rough week for me, and this relationship has uh, been rough. Um, I'm going to talk more about that in my No Trip Sitter episode if you're interested in that. Um, I don't feel like divulging every secret of my life here for all the masses, unfortunately, <clears throat> although I do quite a bit. Um, either way, I was in Mexico City with Edis for 10 days. While I was there, I was pickpocketed in an elaborate scheme, and my iPhone was stolen, and I lost some of the things I needed to upload the episode and produce it, so that's the reason why I missed the last drop. I apologize. I really make a, a serious attempt to drop every two weeks to stay consistent um, because that's a promise I've made to you guys and to myself to uh, to remain consistent at the two-week point. So for that, I apologize. I hope this episode makes up for it. I've got a fantastic episode coming two weeks from this one with Miss Trisha Eastman. Um, so we've got some good stuff coming up, man. Got some good stuff coming up. And uh, I hope this, uh, this episode... Um, at least puts a smile on your face because Rodney's a, f a hilarious dude. Um, let's see. That should be about it. Yeah, I can't think of anything else I need to tell you guys. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for joining us here on Psychedelicast. Let's do some psychedelic news and then we'll get into our interview with Rodney. Thanks, guys. And psychedelic news today... I've got an article here for you from nature.com. This article was published on April 29th, 2021. It was written by one Miss Ariana Remmel. It's entitled, Psychedelic Drugs Without the Trip? This Sensor Could Help Seek Them Out. Scientists in search of psychedelic drug treatments have developed a way to determine whether a molecule is likely to cause hallucinations without testing it on people or animals. Growing evidence suggests that psychedelic compounds, which are active in the brain, have potential to treat psychiatric illnesses such as post-traumatic stress disorder, but researchers are trying to find out whether there's a way to keep the beneficial properties of these drugs without the hallucinogenic side effects, which can complicate treatment. It is currently almost impossible to predict whether a potential drug will cause hallucinations before it is tested on animals or people. That really slows down drug discovery, says David Olson, a chemical neuroscientist at the University of California, Davis. To address this, a team led by Olson and neuroscientist Lin Tian, also at Davis, designed a fluorescent sensor to predict whether a molecule is hallucinogenic based on the structure of a brain receptor targeted by psychedelics. Using their approach, the researchers identified a psychedelic-like molecule without hallucinogenic properties that they later found had antidepressant activity in mice. 
the discovery adds more fuel for the fire of efforts to make drugs from psychedelic-like molecules without side effects, says Brian Roth, a molecular pharmacologist at the University of North Carolina School of Medicine in Chapel Hill. Studies seem to show that some psychedelic drugs can relieve the symptoms of chronic mental illnesses, including addiction, PTSD, and severe depression, possibly by helping the brain to create new connections between neurons. Ongoing clinical trials are attempting to use the magic mushroom compound psilocybin, LSD, and MDMA, um, also known as ecstasy, to treat various psychiatric disorders. But these drugs' hallucinogenic properties make them difficult to administer because the recipients require constant supervision and the hallucinatory effects can be a challenging experience. Some researchers are now looking for psychedelic-like molecules that retain the therapeutic potential without the trippy side effect. Psychedelic drugs cause hallucinations when they interact with receptors in the brain that normally bind to serotonin, a neurotransmitter that affects mood. But not all molecules that bind to serotonin receptors cause hallucinations, says Olson. His team's sensor is based on the structure of a particular serotonin receptor called 5-HT2AR, which changes shape when a molecule binds to it. The degree to which it changes dictates whether hallucinations are produced. The sensor links the receptor with a green fluorescent protein that lights up with different intensities according to the receptor's shape. It acts like a radar for hallucinogenic potential, says Tian. Also, the researchers, allowing the researchers to directly interrogate how a molecule binds to 5-HT2AR and whether that binding causes the receptor to activate. The researchers wanted to see whether they could use the sensor to predict a molecule's hallucinogenic properties. So they started by screening a group of 83 compounds with known psychedelic profiles and scoring them according to how much light the sensor emitted when bound. For all compounds, the assay reliably predicted hallucinogenic potential, says Olson. Then the researchers applied the test to 34 compounds with unknown psychedelic profiles. They identified a molecule called AAZA154 that they predicted could interact with the serotonin receptor without causing hallucinations. Mice given the compound did not exhibit head twitching, which is associated with hallucinations. The molecule also seemed to alleviate, alleviate symptoms of depression in mice with a genetic mutation that decreases their ability to feel pleasure. Although it's still unclear how AAZA154 might work, the method of its discovery is an innovative approach to looking for non-hallucinogenic psychedelics, says Roth. This sensor technology is still a long way from decoupling psychedelic medicine from hallucinatory side effects, cautions Robert Malenka, a psychiatrist and neuroscientist at Stanford University, California. It's difficult to translate the hallucinatory drug effects in mice to those in people, and although the identification of AAZA154 is a good proof of the sensor concept, he says, the use of this technique in molecular screening needs to be developed further. Very interesting. Once again, in my opinion, if you're taking the hallucinatory effect out of the psychedelic experience, I just don't see how you're going to get the same benefit. That's just like my opinion, man. With all that being said, let's get on with it and hear from Mr. Rodney Norman, the great and powerful, the hilarious Rodney Norman. Thank you all for sticking around.
So are you in a hotel? Yes, I'm in a hotel. <laughs> oh, nice. No, not nice, man. I'm in a shitty, like, uh, a really bad roach motel. <laughs> <laughs> I work, uh, part of my work week is on the road, and this is that part. So today I am in the cheapest motel that I could find. Oh, fun. Oh, I've spent a lot of time in cheap motels myself. Yeah, I would imagine so, living the comedy life and living life in general. A lot of cheap motels in life. Yeah, <laughs> there are. Yeah. Um, I've been watching your channel for a while, man. Where where are you at? Like the last few days you've been posting like videos at some lake. It looks really beautiful and uh, yeah, well I, I live uh part time in Utah and part time in Connecticut. And oh. of course I'm on the road a lot and uh now when I started making videos I uh you know, everybody kept telling me to do green screen or, you know, have some. I was like, uh, you know, some of the most beautiful scenery is just right outside my door. I'll just go do it there. So, you know, when I'm in Connecticut, I just do it in my backyard. But here in Utah, I got a bunch of parks and stuff around the mountains. So I just I just go hang out at the state parks or city parks and out the lake. Yeah, the ones I did just recently was a place called Deer Creek Reservoir. It's up Provo Canyon. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, I just I I enjoy just being outdoor and having fun doing it outside. I uh, I I recently was on a walkabout in uh, South America for like six months, and I came home and I just didn't have anywhere to live, so I started living with my little brother. And uh, oddly enough, there's this like really beautiful lake about five minutes from his home. So I've been spending a lot of time there too. I do a lot of like a uh, walking, running exercise and meditation and just being in nature is really nice. It's really calming. Oh yeah. Just getting away from the, uh, just, just getting away from people and yeah. you know, like TV and your internet and just, just go out and be in nature. Just beautiful. I agree. Love I agree. it. So, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself because I'll be honest with you, I wasn't sure who I was going to get today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I've been I've been following your I've been following your channels for some time now, and uh, you know you, there's several different versions of Rodney Norman uh, that make appearances there. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about who we have here with us today. Uh, well, uh, said I, I've, I've been a comedian for over 22 years uh, professionally. Uh, I also have a degree in philosophy, uh, a lifelong pursuit of philosophy, theology, science. And, of course, uh, I'm a bit of a ham, and I enjoy the attention of strangers. And so I've, I've found a way to combine all that into... Uh, uh, making uh, really horrible videos that people seem to enjoy. That's, that's me. That's what I do. Right on. I give, right on. I give yeah. horrible yeah. advice. I give completely un, un, poorly thought out and badly advised advice to help people make their lives better. Yeah, I kind of get this. I get the sense that it's not so poorly thought out. I, I think, you know, I, I think you're saying in a, in a very simplistic way some important things. 
Um, and I, I guess that's that must be the draw for people. You know, I know it's very like uh, personable and and the style, especially of the one character. I don't know what's the character's name. Do you? Is it also Rodney or? Uh, no, it's like, yeah, see, I, I've been developing all these different characters and was working on different, uh, storylines for him and everything. And Leonard, in, his name is Leonard McCrunsky. Uh, he's okay. patterned after my grandfather who was a lush, he was an alcoholic and he would get drunk, which was pretty much all the time. And he would try to teach lessons to me and my cousin when we were little kids, you know, eight, nine, ten years old. And these, he would ramble on incoherently for half the time, and then all of a sudden he would just say something that was brilliant, you know? Yeah. And so this was sort of my homage to him. Then coupled with, uh, I, I have another friend who's a life coach and motivational speaker, and I saw one of his uh, Instagram videos one morning, where he's standing in his hallway and he's holding the phone. He's saying, hey, you know what? Um, if you feel like you're not good enough today, I want you to know that you are good enough. And uh, if you feel like you need someone to tell you you're good enough, well, that's me right now telling you that you're good enough to have to have success in your life. You know, And it was so corny and ridiculous. <laughs> and, then, and I thought, that's it. That's it. My... This character, my grandfather, is the world's worst motivational speaker. And that's where this was uh, developed. This is, that's where Leonard came from. He just happened to uh, become uh, famous before I had a chance to really flush it all out. And so people, people got to know it as me. So not, not as, Le you know, so uh, people in the know know that that character is Leonard McCrunsky. It's my, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and there's other characters, you know, professors, uh, a couple different versions of a overly uh, dramatic professor, uh, a drama coach. Uh, I have one that's uh, my my old football coach, drill instructors. I mean, I, I have all kinds of characters I've been just playing around with. It. Usually it's just in my stand-up act, but. I'll probably do more videos with them, but I, I've been having so much fun with Leonard that he's kind of the the bulk of it right now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the character I'm most familiar with. But I've seen your other kind of like Shakespearean bits where uh, you, you're like, it's like a totally different person, you know. You put on this very serious tone, and yeah, it's overly dramatic, and it's also hilarious, like just in and of itself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. I, I was going to do readings of uh, Dr. Seuss books this week as as the uh, overly dramatic. I, I have no name for him yet. He's just overly yeah. dramatic about everything. Yeah, I've been doing dramatic readings of people's Facebook posts for <laughs> years. Just, you know. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, that's, that's cool. You're, you're making something out of nothing there, and that, that, that's hilarious. Um, I, I can't help but get the feeling that like some of these characters and bits and, and particularly your philosophy are somewhat psychedelically influenced. Is that, does a psychedelic experience play into your comedy or into your philosophy in any way? Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly into, uh, uh, meditation and things like that, but no, I do not prescribe, I do not use, nor do I prescribe the use of any, uh, 
substance to alter one's uh, mood, mind, or thinking. Okay, okay. But for some reason, I'm very popular with weed smokers. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of makes sense. Um, that's funny. That's funny. Um, what? How did you start? How did you get into comedy? Um, you said you've been doing it for quite a while. Twenty? You said twenty something years. Well, yeah, professionally for twenty two, but uh, you know, the, I caught the bug when I was uh, when I was a kid. My 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 brothers and sisters and my cousins used to put on these little shows for my for my grandparents and my aunts and uncles and my and my parents. And uh, I mean, usually it was my grandma, my my aunt Ruby, and my mom, and we would put on these shows for them. And the first the first show where I got to be the lead was uh, I did a. Uh, uh, kind of a lip sync to Crocodile Rock, and I had nice. I had feathers and I had a boa and these funky sunglasses that my my uh, cousin glued things onto, and I went out and I did I did that and uh, from that moment on I was like this is it this is what I want to do I just want to be on stage. And so from then on I did uh, theater whenever I could get a chance. Yeah, I did improv. I did uh, Shakespeare. I've done all kinds of stuff. And then finally, when I got into doing stand up, that was that's when I really started having fun. Because mm-hmm. you know, when you're doing when you're doing a regular theater production, you know you're you only have so much, and then, then there's the whole cast, and there's a lot there's a lot involved. But when it's stand up, it's just me. I don't have to go to any rehearsals. You know, yeah, it's okay. nice. <laughs> I, I mean, I love stand up. I don't, I've like, I've always kind of fantasized about trying it, but I don't know. It just seems so daunting and scary. And uh, I don't know. I really appreciate people that can do that because to me, like, that seems really fucking scary. <laughs> well, it is. It is the most terrifying experience you could ever possibly have. Stay away from it. <laughs> Stay away from it. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, oh, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. When it's just you, it's a whole different thing. You know, uh, there's, there's nowhere to hide. There's nothing worse than having a bad gig and then having to sit around after the show as people, uh, do everything they can to avoid eye contact. It's, uh, yeah, that just sort of extends the humiliation out. But yeah, I mean, it's, you're, you're putting yourself out there. It's a very, it's probably one of the most vulnerable things you could ever do. To just mm-hmm. get up there and say, hey, I'm going to make you laugh. Because, you know, if you tell people you're a singer and you get up there and you sing poorly, people should go, well, you know, you tried. You know, they don't, they don't think you're a horrible person because you can't <laughs> sing. They just go, you're a little delusional, but we still love you. You know what I mean? But when yeah. you're... When you say you're funny, boy, people give you no slack whatsoever. There's no there's no compassion to a person who says that they're funny and tries to prove they're funny. It's just it, it's like I said, it's one of the most vulnerable things you could ever do, and you get no sympathy and no and nothing no nobody cuts you any slack for that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, see, and that's kind of what, like, uh, deters me from taking in my little fantasy any more seriously than that. 
Um, uh, uh, it's not that scary. Once you do it, you know, I, I tell people, you, you, when you do an open mic, the first, I mean, that's usually where you start is you do an open mic. They let anybody get up there. You usually only get about three minutes. And some people say, oh, that's not enough. Oh, trust me. It's, it's plenty. It's, it's, it's plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, the trick is just come up with about one minute of material. That's all you need to do. That way you don't feel like you have to rush it. And trying to memorize three minutes of material is a lot more difficult than you can imagine, especially when you get up in front of an audience and all of a sudden your mind goes blank. So make it easy on yourself. Just do about one minute of material. That's about four to maybe six easy jokes um, or tell a little story. You know, think of it like you're making a TikTok video, basically. Uh, Just one minute. That way you don't feel rushed. You just get up there. You do your thing. You don't have to do the full three minutes, but just get up there. Do it the first time. And then... and. And just know, yeah, it's going to suck and you're, it's going to be humiliating. But, man, there's nothing better in this world than making a group of strangers laugh. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Seems, that seems very rewarding. And I've heard that from other people. That that's a, you know, it's worth the, it's worth the uh, discomfort to, to reap the reward. Absolutely. Um, so my show, this show is actually about psychedelics. Like, uh, that's the core of like what we explore on this show is various plant medicines, entheogens, and ah. the psychedelic experience. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, so for listeners, Rodney and I didn't really just, which I don't with many of my guests, uh, I don't really pre- discuss or preview the episode we kind of just shoot from the hip and it usually turns out okay and i'm sure this will as well um seems to be going great so far but i'm gonna try to make a link here between the psychedelic experience and your particularly your style of philosophy that that your character leonard uh often exudes um i think that's what initially interested me in your in your channel and your bits is because you're saying a lot of things there, and maybe you're aware of this, maybe not. Maybe this is just your personal stance that you don't want to you don't want to condone or promote these kind of things. But a lot of the a lot of the themes that you're exploring with this character Leonard are themes that are quite prevalent in the psychedelic experience. Um, and I also think there's a, a link there between philosophy, psychedelic experience, and comedy. Um, are you aware of this kind of? Uh, I guess the best way to to describe him would be a speaker or philosopher, Terrence McKenna. Are you familiar with Terrence McKenna? Terrence McKenna? Not directly, no. Terrence McKenna was like a kind of a figurehead of counterculture in the 60s. He was associated with Timothy Leary, uh, Ram Dass, people who were kind of coming out of the, I guess, like San okay, Francisco. Yep. The, the kind of um, San Francisco... Uh, oh, sure, sure. Not... Not not the hippie movement, but like the the movement where uh, these these um, academics were starting to explore LSD and psilocybin mushrooms. Um, Terrence McKenna was particularly known for his association with psilocybin or magic mushrooms. Uh, he had coined a term called the cosmic giggle, which is basically this idea. Um, that the the universe will often present us with events in which uh, 
um, its inherent benevolence suddenly bowls you over with like delight or, or a shockwave of, of synchronicities. Um, and I feel like your character um, explores that a lot, like the simple truths of life, like not taking yourself too seriously, which I think is definitely something that I do a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and I think most people probably do. But oftentimes, oftentimes in my psychedelic exploration, I've come to points where whatever's happening to me is like telling me, like, why? It's okay. Just laugh, man. Like, you're like, this is all way bigger than you. You don't have to take yourself so super seriously. Yes. I wonder if you can kind of if you can kind of speak to that to that uh, philosophy. Well, well, absolutely. I mean, the the. The big picture of the whole thing is that we're part of the picture, but we are not the picture. We are not everything. We're only a very small part of all this. And when we make it feel like our perspective or our position or whatever it is has such great importance and that the entire fabric of all of life and being depends on us solving all the mysteries of life is so absurd. First of all, we aren't even exposed to even a, a, a half of a percent of, of all of reality that's going on around us. We don't see or even are capable of perceiving everything that is going on around us. We are constantly in a position of being lied to by everyone around us. We're being presented a world that's uh, in constant flux. There's no way that you can fully comprehend and understand any of it. The best you can do is just enjoy the life, enjoy what you are experiencing, take it all in for what you can but understand that it does not all depend on you. You you are not the crux of all of creation. You are just merely a part of it. So just experience what you're experiencing. Enjoy the moment. And don't get so caught up in all the nonsense. Because most of all the all our anxieties, all of the depression, all of the all of our anger and hatred. It all comes from completely misunderstanding and not knowing what the hell we're doing, and we keep trying to we try we keep trying to put meaning into things that there is no meaning to. And yeah, it is. It really is just a big joke. And the sooner you realize it and just start laughing, the more joy you'll find. Yeah, yeah. I've had that experience many well many times in in my life, but in I went to Peru one time uh, in 2018 to drink ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is like a, a very, very yeah, yeah. ancient. You're familiar. I've had, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, just just because I don't participate, don't don't think I haven't studied. I've okay, excellent. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. So I went to Peru to drink ayahuasca, and uh, before I underwent this this trip, I did probably a, at least a solid year worth of like research, trying to prepare myself, trying to be ready for this experience, because I knew it was going to be transformative and earth shaking and, and all these profound things. And it was, I was not wrong. 
But uh, I remember getting there the first night and drinking. And as the experience set in, the intensity of the very first night, there's like this, what seems to be some sort of, uh, during these experiences, the only way I could describe it would be like an extrinsic intelligence speaking to you. It's what it seems like. And it's asking me, like, so all your preparation, all the books you read, all the videos you watched, did that, are you, were you ready for this? And I'm just laughing at myself hilariously, like, like nothing could have ever possibly prepared me for this experience, even though like I took it so seriously and I was like, I'm going to be a good student. So like when I get there, I can handle it and like I'm ready. And, you know, I end up just laughing at myself, crying, laughing at myself for how ridiculous <laughs> And then, the, you know, the experience continued on into other vistas of strange and bizarre uh, intensity. But, uh, yeah, and it really, you know, I've had that experience many times during, during the psychedelic trip where it's like, hey, man, uh, I know you think you're super important and you kind of are in a way to yourself and to other people, you know, to other close friends, but like the rest of the, you know, creation doesn't really know you exist. So you don't have to like, <laughs> you don't have to like walk around the world. Like you're the shit, you know, like you're like, you understand what's going on because obviously like we're about to show you some things that you can, couldn't possibly comprehend, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, I think you know, I like to I like to, to to tell people or ask people when they they ask about you know what's the meaning of life, and I I always just ask well who are you to understand it? Who are you to decide that there is one to to even ask about? You know those are the questions we need to ask ourselves. Not what is the meaning of all this. That we just need to ask what's the meaning of me. Why am I here? Yeah. And then when you find out, well, you just decide that yourself. Whatever it is that you feel that you need to do, you do. You provide your own meaning. But with the understanding that when it all comes down to it, it's all just folly. I mean, think about all the very important people who've always who've ever lived. They're now nothing more than dust and energy floating around in the universe, just like anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I think about that sometimes. Like uh, I've been in a I've been in a recent relationship that's been rocky and difficult. Uh, it's a distance relationship, and uh, it's just been kind of rough. We've had some pretty rough patches, but we're trying to make we're trying to work it out. We're in a good spot now. But, you know, during during difficult relationship difficulties or difficulties in life in general, you know, a lot of times you can get very wrapped up in it, you know, very like uh, obsessed with this one particular aspect of your life that's not going well. And when I was younger, this would happen to me when I was in older, serious relationships, I would get so caught up in this like negative um, carousel of emotions and feelings and as I as I've gotten older and I've gotten to know myself a little better, um, I find it easier to like remind myself like, hey, dude, you know, like one day you're gonna die and like none of this is gonna even matter. And that's like the you know that's the extreme extent. It's like you know, dude, in six months, like you're not gonna remember this argument. In a year, you're not gonna remember like what pissed you off today. Um, and I think it's important to remind ourselves 
of that and to, and to try to live that way. Because for me, it makes my anxiety and my discomfort so much less. I'm just like, yeah, you're right. Like everything passes, even me, you know, everything is going <laughs> to pass away. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, people, people are so worried about the future, but it's because they've spent so much time living in their past. Yeah. When you learn to just enjoy today, just enjoy now, enjoy this moment. Yeah, I've heard things like uh, depression lives in the past, anxiety lives in the future. Um, and I think that's true. I've never really considered myself a particularly anxious person, but I don't know, the last couple of years, like as my life has gotten more serious, I guess, like I've got a career responsibilities, you know, people that have to like look at me a certain way. Like in my career, people can't, can't really know that I do a podcast about psychedelics. It's not really acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's like, I don't know, my kind of like general anxiety level has risen in the last few years. I guess when I was younger, I, I was just, I didn't have anything to lose, literally. So I just didn't really care. Um, and uh, so I've been kind of like trying to learn to navigate that in, in adulthood. I guess most people kind of like develop anxiety issues. And, and I don't really consider it to be an anxiety issue. I think it's just like a general tension in life that could be you know, warranted given my, given my choices. But, uh, I've been kind of learning to navigate anxiety, like just general anxiety. And, uh, it's an interesting lesson and it's an interesting, uh, thing to learn to, to deal with and not let overwhelm you, you know? Oh yes. Yes. Anxiety can be crippling just, just because it, you know, well, I, I think it comes back to the idea that we're, the two greatest motivations we have in life is one is avoiding, avoiding pain and, uh, and obtaining pleasure. And what happens is so much of our society is so geared towards avoiding displeasure, avoiding pain that we lose sight of actually obtaining pleasure because it, it it's almost this weird thing that's happened is that avoiding pain has become our pleasure. And so yeah. we get so wrapped up in not losing what we have, not being thought of poorly, not, you know, all these negative things that could happen to us. We're so fixated on avoiding those things that we avoid actually obtaining pleasure because then we actually think that they, we've, we've been trained in some strange, demented way that obtaining pleasure is what's causing your pain. Mm-hmm. And so we have this, we, we really have thrown off in modern Western culture, we have thrown off, thrown this, this whole thing and we've mixed it up so badly that, you know, like you were saying, you were free and happy when you felt like you had nothing left to lose. And now that you have, have things, you want to hold on to them and wanting to hold on to them, that's what causes your anxiety. And that's what keeps you from living and and progressing to some extent because you're you're kind kind of always in a holding position. You know, I just I don't want to lose what I already have, so I'm going to hold on to it. And in reality, you 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 really don't have anything to hold on to. It's all it's all temporary. There's no promise of any of it. 
it can all be gone very quickly. I mean, yeah. Just look at over the last year how many people who have completely lost their livelihoods that, you know, yeah. years before they thought it would go forever. And now it's mm -hmm. just gone, just literally on just almost uh, overnight. And so learning to let go of all of that stuff, learning that you really, you're always in a position of having nothing left to lose. Because ultimately, mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't really have anything. Yeah. And when you finally just let it all go and just realize that none of this is permanent, none of this is promised, and I'm just, just going to live, and if I lose it, I lose it, you just, you just find yourself happier when you're not worried about all your stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, like, like I was saying earlier, I went on this walkabout through South America the last probably six months. I had a series of advantageous life events. I know Corona, like the COVID pandemic has been hell for a lot of people. For me, it kind of opened the door. It kind of gave me an opportunity in a weird synchronistic way. And so I had that opportunity to, to leave and go do that, which a lot of people thought I was absolutely batshit crazy for traveling the world during the middle of the, you know, one of the worst pandemics in human history. And there's probably an argument, argument to be made that that's the case. Um, but I did it anyways. So, um, I had to leave my job, you know, I had to leave, um, I lost your video. I don't know if I still, oh. have, okay, I got you. Oh, got sorry. You. Sorry about that. No, you're good. You're good. Um, so a lot of the things I was concerned with when I left to do this were the things you were just talking about. Like, I'm like, I have this good job, I have this good career. I have, you know, networks and contacts and like all this that like relates to money and like my perceived status. And, uh, uh, you know, I went to college for a long time to like get a degree to like get this job and all that shit, you know? So I was like, really, you're just going to like leave all that and just go with the backpack to South America? Like how, you know, and so I struggled a lot with that to just like, it's okay. It's okay. Like you're not your job. You're not your career. You're not your education. Like you are a being that is multifaceted and it's okay to like let these things go. And it took me like months to come to grips with that kind of like accept that for myself. So I went and did it and everything was fine. And I came back and I got another job and everything's fine. It's no problem. <laughs> I'm like, it was kind of like this huge, like weight on my shoulders that when I came back, it, it, it resolved itself so so easily and it was just another one of those times in life where you think you're about to go through something really difficult but sometimes you'll tell yourself like yeah it's going to be hard but I've gone through hard things before and it's always been okay and uh it, now it's okay and it's so weird like uh I keep telling myself that like yeah it's going to be hard but it's going to be okay has it never not been okay no it's always been okay so it's I think it's going to always be okay you know yeah <laughs> Yep, that's, uh, I mean, you think of the worst horrible thing you've ever been through, and uh, you got through it just fine. When you realize that uh, it's all just, like I said, it's all temporary. It's all just comes and goes. And, uh, you know, I, I really love Stoic philosophy, if you've ever had a chance to study. And a lot of Buddhism is is 
is very stoic. And so, you know, people like, like you were talking McKenna, um, I'll, like, I've studied Ram Dass and uh, Alan Watts rather extensively, yeah, yeah. kind of mm-hmm. the same, same thing. They were less on the psychedelics, but, um, but really the, the whole idea of Buddhism and stoicism is just real is, is treating yourself as an observer of what's going on. Um, and just some, someone who's just, you're just here for the experience. And when you see that, when you see life from that perspective, it just, it just, it's just a very healthy perspective to have on, on whatever you're doing. And it, amazingly it keeps yourself open to new possibilities the new opportunities you're not so locked in on things have to be a certain way when you allow them it's amazing the universe can write you a better story than you could ever write yourself if you're allowing yourself to just be a part of it and that's that's a lot of what the, the the buddhists are saying which is is worked itself into the the western uh way of thinking as of late but yeah it's just it's just letting yourself be open to possibilities and not getting too worked up about anything yeah yeah and this is especially uh you know i i'm interested in stoic philosophy as well and i could kind of get i i definitely got the vibe from your stuff that you were interested in stoic philosophy i'm not as versed as you are i'm a new i'm like a newbie in stoic philosophy but I find it very interesting and I find it kind of inherent to like my personality. Like when I started to read about stoic philosophy and, and kind of like the, the ideology of it, um, it really, like I could see a lot of it in me that you know, I just was able to put a name to it, but I had kind of like thought that way um, in, in different parts of my life. But that comes up a lot in uh, the psychedelic experience because it's not all like, unicorns and rainbows sometimes there's extremely intense dark really deep seated <laughs> like trauma that comes up you know like stuff that you don't you've done your best your whole life to kind of gloss over and like forget about and when you're in the depths of some of these experiences it's brought to just directly to the surface and it's you know you have to relive it or re-experience it in, in x amount of ways um and I find that during those times, that that core tenet of stoicism is the most useful thing. Is like, look, this happened to you, or this is a part of you somehow, but you don't have to like internalize it. You can see this, you can watch what's happening, observe it, but it doesn't have to become you. Like, yes, this is terrifying. Yes, this is uh, too much to handle. Like, no one should have to go through this, but. You don't have to identify that, like, this This is just happening to you right now. It's just, you know, taking place in front of you right now. But it's, it's going to end, and maybe you should try to look at it with a little more curiosity as opposed to judgment. And uh, it's easier said than done in that moment. But if you're able to, which takes practice, a lot of practice, uh, if you're able to kind of dissociate yourself from that, and just uh, observe what's taking place makes it a lot easier to, to integrate and to deal with and to accept, hey, yeah, this happened to me. Or, hey, yeah, this is a part of me, but um, this is okay too, you know? Like, you, you can't have the yin without the yang. The dark 
shows you, you know, the light illuminates the darkness. We all are capable of having that duality within us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's, we're, we're part creators and we're part destroyers. And it's just deciding which force is stronger in us is, it tells a lot about who you are. And, and yeah, there's, there's, there's good, there's bad, there's light, there's dark, there's good, there's evil in all of us. And uh, just willing to, to accept that, hey, yeah, I'm not always the best, uh, but I'm not, I'm not always the worst. And there's sometimes I'm the best. There's sometimes I'm really good. And being willing to, to kind of accept that. You know, I think too too often we think we have to be all good all the time, and if not, then then somehow we some of us will sort of embrace the opposite because it's easier to accept. And 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 just and just kind of working this all out is, I don't know it's it when you when you take a you know a stoic position, it's like okay, well, what do I have control over? And what can I do about it? And then willing to be able to just let go of everything that you don't have control over. I mean, if you, but you were in that position because of no fault of your own, you you can't hold yourself. You shouldn't hold yourself accountable for whatever that was, you know. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's just finding that balance, and realizing that finding that balance is just simply, you know, just stepping back from it realizing that you are you are not um the creator of all of that um mm-hmm. sometimes we're we're just sometimes we're just collateral damage in other people's choices and it's in that learning to see how our choices affect others makes us a better creator you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, and it's, it's just, it's, it's really a, a fascinating experience when you, when you really just let yourself over to it. When you step back and just observe and learn from it, and not place blame and not get upset, not have anger towards people who have wronged you, or get upset with yourself because of the mistakes you've made. When you just look at it from what, see it for what it is, and see how you can make it better through your mm-hmm. choices. Um, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, a, it should be an enjoyable process. Life should yeah. be joyful. We should enjoy ourselves. Yeah, in spite of I the pain, so. because the pain, the pain helps us enjoy happiness. If everything was always just sunshine and, and roses, we would never really like it. We get bored. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it would, you know, there would be no dichotomy, no contrast between the two. Um, That's interesting. That's something that I've been kind of like exploring lately is this idea of like forgiveness and guilt, like self-forgiveness and and guilt and like trying to find the line where it's okay to like let that go, you know, for yourself. Like you've done something wrong. You've hurt somebody. um, You've caused a problem, whatever the case may be. And you know, for a long time, you can hold on to that and just be like, punish yourself for it or, um, 
not just not letting it go, something, you know, personally that you've done. It, I think it's easier when other people hurt you to let it go than when, like, you do, when you hurt somebody else. And uh, I, it's like I'm trying to kind of find that line where it's like, how much should I punish myself? Or, like, when should I let this go? And uh, that's an interesting and weird place, you know, to to kind of be at. And, well, it's, uh, it's our, we have a desire to make things right. We yeah. want to be right. And there's never, it's never quite all that simple. I mean, there's a lot of great things that have come from horrible things. And so when you, when you take back and look at the bigger picture and, and you realize, well, and, and not to justify, you know, sin or evil, but being able to sit back and realize that the hardships that we go through make us a stronger person. They help us make better decisions because we do see how we affect others. And at least those of us who, uh, who, who are striving to make ourselves better and wanting to make the world a better place, we, we find ourselves um, evaluating things um, from a from 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 a, a healthier place, I guess is the best way to describe it, and and just realizing that we shouldn't hold ourselves to we we should not hold ourselves to any higher standard than what we hold anyone else to. Um, yeah. We are willing to forgive other people because we understand that maybe they they weren't in the right frame of mind. They were, you know, they made that decision because they were. Uh, they were in a lot of pain and they were in a lot of pain because of what something else, somebody else had done to them. And so they were just acting out or they were lashing out and, and we're able to forgive them. But then when we look at ourselves, we don't get, we don't give ourselves that same slack. Mm -hmm. And when you could be more objective in looking at your own life, you find yourself being more forgiving because of the decisions you made make you who you are there. That's, that's what all of this is about is learning how this affects. We have the ultimate free agency to do whatever we want. Now, what are you going to do? What are you going to become because of it? Are you going to become a better person? Are you going to be, are you going to benefit things or are you going to destroy things? You're going to become a creator and a positive influence, or are you going to become a negative one and beating yourself up for something you did before doesn't ever really accomplish much if anything it hobbles you because it keep it destroys your confidence in being able to do go forward because you feel like oh i don't deserve to be happy i don't deserve to be uh appreciated uh, you know and so we we keep have this sort of false modesty where in reality we're trying to punish ourselves saying no i don't deserve to be happy i don't deserve to be recognized for something positive and so we, we kind of cower away from it. And when we find yeah. a way to just, just let all that nonsense go, man, life just is so much more fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, having fun is, is, uh, is something that, like, I have struggled with in my life, oddly enough. It's like, a, and this is a, another funny thing, like, because I've, I've had these kind of extreme or intense psychedelic experiences, now for me, 
this the undertaking of this is more like psycho spiritual and a more like I approach it in a very serious manner. And you know, I I, I have friends or acquaintances who'll be like, "Oh man, I just want to drop acid and like laugh at the funny colors and have a good time." And I'm like, "Damn, I remember those days. Like that was awesome. Like I wish I could go back to that <laughs> now. And have, like every time it has to be like soul wrenching, like." introspective like super intense journey you know um and i'm like damn i kind of want to just go back to like eating some mushrooms with my friends in their apartment and laughing our asses off and like having a good time you know well it almost sounds like you're trying to just you 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 want to have the experience but you feel like you have to justify it by it has to be this deep dark deep meaningful spiritual relate uh journey that you go on but in reality you're you, all you really want to do is just check out and have some fun <laughs> it could be but and, it could be and it's oh what was the thought i i, I just had was uh, oh i'll have to think never mind but it was something to the effect that you know um oh what was it uh any time being wasted is never wasted time yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be that simple, man. It could be that simple. I don't know. Maybe I'm, you know, I probably just, I tend to overanalyze everything. So my own thoughts and motivations are, are of great uh, um, concern to me. So a lot of times I'm thinking like, why am I doing this, you know? And uh, yeah, it, it's because, I, I don't know if it's because I've gone to the, like the greater depths that it's like, oh, I don't know, man. There's always the possibility that uh, any time you undergo one of these experiences that you could go directly to the source, like you can, you can die, you know, like for all intents and purposes, sometimes these experiences are so intense that you do die. You believe you've died. And uh, so I don't know. And then you come back, you're not physically dead, but many times I've had the experience that, okay, I have died now. Um, and I'm somewhere else, you know, I have no body, I have no human, nothing human tethers me to like the reality that I once knew anymore. There are no boundaries. There are no barriers depending on the, on the molecule. I recently, uh, smoked five MEO DMT, which is, um, a lot of people consider the Everest of psychedelics and it's very, very intense, but it's uh, almost the total absence of uh, – it takes you to a place of total absence of anything human or recognizable. It's just like this blinding – you kind of break through this like geometric tunnel into this blinding infinite white light. And it's not that you can see it. It's that you are this white light, and you, you get this overwhelming sensation, which I'm going to correlate this or tie this to one of your bits I saw yesterday actually where you were talking about um, – people talking and their thoughts kind of influencing each other and becoming um, melded in a way. And then somehow like, you know, you, you, you're kind of like uh, creating together with another person. But during this experience, I'm in this vast expanse of white light and it's not that I'm in it. I am this vast expanse of white light and this overwhelming sensation that everything that's ever happened, ever existed, every blade of grass, animal, person, 
soul, everything that's ever existed is all here with me and world. Everything is one. There is no separation between anything. Like I'm not me. You, every, everything is together. Um, and you're in this place for X amount of time. It can seem like an eternity, but eventually you come back. And the sensation that you've died and been reborn is so overwhelmingly like you're po- you're I was positive. I was like, I died and now I'm new. Like I like that was like being given birth to again. And um that is just a really, really strange feeling. <laughs> but also like a really beautiful one. One of the most beautiful experiences of my life, if not the most beautiful experience of my life to be totally connected to everything the good the bad there was no like judgment there was no fear there was no nothing it was just like heaven is the only possible way to describe it like just ecstasy you know Mm -hmm. yeah um but i wanted to kind of link that and we're gonna i'm gonna let you go soon because i know i've had you almost an hour here but uh, I just wanted to kind of relay that to you because it, when when I was listening to your bit about people uh, communicating and their thoughts uh, influencing the other, kind of guiding like this this dance of communication that we do, it kind of reminded me of that of the times that I've been connected to other people or, or seemingly connected to others in like a supernatural esque manner. And that's happened to me several times. <clears throat> but um, I know you do some serious motivational speaking as well. You want to talk about that a little bit? You want to uh, <laughs> tell listeners where they can where they can find you? I mean, I, I've, I've looked at your website. I follow you on Instagram. That's where I that's where I gather all your stuff from. Um, you want to tell people about some projects you're working on, or whatever you want to say, man. Oh sure, um, yes. Well, I am I am working on a full uh, a book and uh, a full lecture series as Leonard, um, okay. and it's <laughs> and it's it's basically uh, you know uh, I, I guess there's some continuation and idea of the uh, you know, kind of a, a blending of some of the best philosophy in the world to come up with something that that works for people. Whether you're taking drugs or not, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's just—it's just really—it's just funny. It's just a fun, you know, sit back, laugh at life, and laugh at yourself. And uh, as I, my my motto of Leonard: spend an hour of spend an hour of time with Leonard McCrunsky, and you'll walk away feeling a whole lot better about who you are. Yeah. Um. And then I'm I'm watching uh, this week a podcast and uh, my Patreon. Uh, I'm going to be going more and more into philosophy, into Stoicism, Buddhism, uh, Christianity. Uh, a lot of the changes going on in the, I don't know if you're familiar with the the whole Christian uh, community is sort of sort of in this weird upheaval right now. It's kind of kind of well, it's always been in some sort of turmoil constant uh evolution i guess uh, maybe not the best word to use but um no it's just i i just want to talk about things that nobody else is talking about in real meaningful ways you know we, we're, we all get so caught up in 
politics and we all just sit there and scream at each other about nonsense that means nothing to anybody but we hate each other over it anyway and it's really kind of silly now is a time where we really as human beings we should just really be looking to uh think higher and think think better and uh i just want to be a part of helping people do that so yeah i think you are man yeah uh, I think you are, man, because I, I tell you, like, I love your Instagram, man. Uh, anytime I see you come across my feed, I'm just like, okay, let's see what, uh, let's see what Rodney's got to say today. And it's always like short, like the other day you were just eating a banana. <laughs> like, laughing my ass off. Like, why is this guy just <laughs> eating a banana, like staring into the camera? <laughs> so, yeah, man. Yeah, it was I was I was actually setting up to do a video promo for a show I'm doing in Alaska, and uh, and I thought well, I'm going to eat a banana, and uh, before I do this for some reason, and I just thought, well, why not record it? <laughs> so, <laughs> Good <and> idea. <laughs> it was just the I I have found that the dumbest things I I record the better. Uh, yeah, most of my I, videos, I don't really even have a purpose behind it when I turn on the video. I just turn it on and just whatever Leonard comes up with is what he comes up with. And when I'm done filming the video, if I think to myself, that was stupid, no one will, no one will like this, I know that's one that's going to go well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I, that's if awesome. I put time and effort and try to plot it out, it never, it, it does okay, but it's just the dumb ones that are a half-baked idea, and I just start flowing with it. That's the ones that work. Yeah, yeah. I, I find that the same thing working with, like, doing podcasts and, cre- you know, I'm promoting my stuff, so creating memes and doing this and that. It's, like, the ones that I always, like, uh, work really, like, try to put effort into, it's, like, this is going to be awesome. Like, people are going to love this. And it's, like, mm, eh. And then, like, the stuff that I kind of just, like, fly by the seat of my pants and, it, and you know, it fold, unfolds organically. It's, like, the, the most popular episode, the, you know, the most shared meme, whatever. It's, like, this is so weird. Like, <laughs> I just have to stop trying. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but the videos I have that have the most views were ones that I had no idea what I was going to say until I started recording. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. So tell our listeners where they can find you. I know you got a website. Like I said, you're you're pretty active on Instagram. Share your social medias. Share like uh. I know you're doing some stand up dates. Uh. Just promote all your stuff, man. Yeah. If you just uh, RodneyNorman.com, uh, everything's on there. Or if you just type in Rodney Norman on Google. I'm the most famous Rodney Norman that ever existed, so nothing against the other Rodney Normans, but I'm winning. Uh, so I can hang on, hang on. Okay, I got you back. So yeah, Rodney Norman on Google, uh, RodneyNorman.com. Yep. And then uh, I also uh, follow yeah. you on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube. All my all my videos are available on YouTube, and of course Facebook. Sure, sure, sure. Are you doing some live shows right now? Um, uh, yeah, well, I'm going to be in Alaska. Yeah, this weekend I'm in Alaska. Then I'll be back in uh, St. George, Utah, on May eighth, May 9th. 
and then uh, the next big show is uh, Wise Guys in uh, South Jordan, Utah, the Jordan Landing location, uh, January, July 2nd, 3rd. Uh, okay. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for a motivational speaker or a comedian, uh, hit me up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I saw it on your website. I saw on your website there's options to like hire you out or to like have you, you know, make appearances and things like that. So in the show notes, I'll put I'll link all that so people can can get to you more easily. But uh, thanks a lot for coming on the show, man. I know that it's not like a perfect fit, but I think we made it work. <laughs> and it, I, I I love your stuff. So I was like, whenever I wrote to you on Instagram, I was like, there's no way, like, there's no way he's not going to respond. Like, I won't even get a, a, a reply. And like, you wrote back just a couple minutes later. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, thanks a lot, man, for coming on. Um, I think I'll air this show in about a week. I'm going to release it for my Patreon sooner. But uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. And uh, I really appreciate, you know, your 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 bits and, and videos are very simple but poignant, and I really enjoy them, and they've brought some joy to my life. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing, you're doing good. You're doing something good, my friend. Thanks, Rodney. Really nice to meet you, man. Um, I'll talk to you later, okay? All righty. We'll see you. Take, take care, brother. Bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, the hilarious Mr. Rodney Norman. Rodney, if you happen to listen to this episode, thank you so much for doing the show, man. Really uh, really cool to meet you and, and chat with you, and thanks for the insights. Um, you guys should check him out on Instagram. Uh, follow his stuff. He's a stand-up comedian, as you just heard. Uh, I'm going to link all that in the show notes so you can access. Uh, you can get in touch with him and, and check out his work. Good stuff there. He gave me some recommendations on some stoic philosophers that I've looked into, and uh, I really appreciate that. Well, guys, I don't have too much more to say here. Check us out on patreon.com slash psychedelicast. $3 a month, you get extra content. You support the show. Share the show um, on social media. And uh, follow us, subscribe to us on the podcatchers and drop some some stars and leave a review and uh, say hi. Uh, That's about all I have to say about that. So let's do our quote and get on out of here until we meet again. And I'll leave you with one from uh, a philosophy thought leader in the Stoic ideology, uh, Seneca. This quote is from Seneca. He who fears death will never do anything worth of a man who is alive. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on Psychedelicast. I appreciate your time and I appreciate you spending it with us in the attempt to pry open the third eye. Take care of yourself. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.